Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. It's great to be with you. Thanks so much for joining. I hope you're having a great afternoon in the Lord. The heart and purpose of the show is to give you an opportunity to call in with questions that you have about the Word or things that are going on in your life. Love being able to talk about real things. We'll get into God's Word together. Also, if you have prayer requests, we'd love to go to God's throne with you. So our lines are open. The number is 3 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. If you've got a question or a prayer request and you've got your device in your hand and you want to text me, it's 720-336-0897. You know, I want to begin today's show uh, with God's comfort. There's so much pressure on us in our lives, so many challenges that we go through and heartbreaks that we go through, whether it's the the loss of a loved one, financial difficulties, relational difficulties, and the promise of God in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 is, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercy and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. What an amazing promise that he's our Father and he's the Father of mercy, and he's the God of all comfort, and he will comfort us in all of our our tribulations. So what's the tribulation that you find yourself uh, going through this afternoon? And God desires to give you his, his comfort. And many times the way that we experience his comfort is to cast our care upon him. First Peter 5, 7 tells us to cast all of our care upon him because he cares for us. And God truly does care for you and what you're going through. And I would encourage you, even as you're listening right now, to cast those cares uh, to the Lord and experience his comfort and his peace. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier at Rocky Mountain Calvary in Colorado Springs. Thanks so much for listening and joining me. We do have all of our lines open. The heart and purpose of the show is to give you an opportunity to to call in. Uh, Without your calls and questions and prayer requests, uh, we don't have a a show. So the number is 303-690-3000. All of our lines are open, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. We'd like to welcome our listeners on the East Coast as well, in Pennsylvania and, and Maryland. Thank you guys so much for listening. And then also our listeners here in Colorado, up into uh, Wyoming and on the internet as well. So our lines are open, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send in a text question or a prayer request, 720-336-0897. 
Maybe as Christmas approaches, uh, you're experiencing uh, difficulty in your family, maybe in your relationship with your spouse or with your kids or with your parents or extended family, or uh, you're going through financial difficulty. You're like, man, I'd love for someone to pray with me. Uh, Feel free to pick up the phone, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also to send a text, 720-336-0897. Also, if you're listening in Southern Colorado, we'd like to welcome you uh, to our services Saturday at 6 and then Sunday morning at 9 and 11. Also, uh, we have started a campus uh, in the eastern part of our city out in Ellicott, uh, and the service there is at 930 uh, in the morning. We'd like to welcome you to that uh, as well. Thank you for joining me and listening. The number here is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text 720-336-0897. Uh, the verse that's on my heart for today's show is the, the God of all comfort who comforts us in our tribulation so that we may be able to comfort others. And maybe you have really experienced God's comfort in your life. Uh, he would want you to extend that comfort to others. We don't even have to be necessarily going through the same trial, but we're able to uh, point them to the comfort that we've received in the Lord. And when I encourage you as you go through this month of December is to look around and see those around you that are hurting and uh, extend a listening ear, uh, extend the, the comfort that we've uh, so freely received uh, from our Father. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. Maybe you're going uh, down the road, uh, headed home from work and caught in traffic, or you're already home or still at work. Wherever you are, you can give me a call, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. We have a text that has just come in. Please pray for my brother. He was sent to the hospital via ambulance today for a liver blood clot. So let's lift that up to the Lord. Father, we just uh, lift this gentleman up to the Lord that uh, had to go to the hospital uh, via the ambulance and has a blood clot in his liver. And Lord, we know that this is very serious, Lord. And so we just ask uh, that you uh, would bring healing. Lord, and that you would bring peace. I pray for peace for the whole entire family, for your comfort, just as we're reading in your word. So we lift up this whole situation to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Again, you're listening to Calvary Live. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Andrew and Longmont. Andrew, welcome to the program. Hello, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing good, thanks. Yeah, well, I just had a question about um, just it, us, us uh, Christians, like when we experience like pain or um, just in our past, and um, I just heard kind of two perspectives from this. But if you could just bring some clarity to it, uh, one okay. was just Jesus wants to meet us in that pain and uh, help us with reconciliation and healing. But then mm-hmm. um, someone else told me that, you know, as a Christian life, we're supposed to look forward to the future and not, like, dwell on that. So I'm just, you know, I'm just trying to go through some of the pain in my life, and I want to surrender it all to God and think about that verse you shared about casting those cares to Jesus. But mm-hmm. you know, how much of that should I revisit and seek counsel for, and how much should I 
just kind of move on and forget about? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think that uh, Philippians chapter 3 really gives us a, a good kind of landmark uh pillar passage to, to go through. Um, and the Apostle Paul, in the, the first 11 verses, he goes through his past and, and the pain of his past and who he was before he knew Christ as his Savior. And he says, but things were gained to me. These things I count lost for Christ. Uh, yet indeed, I count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. And so Paul is saying these things in my past, I've surrendered to the Lord and allowed the Lord to meet me in those things. And that's really more of the first perspective that you brought, um, you know, that right. the hurt uh, that we've experienced in, in the past to allow God to, to meet us in that hurt and to, to heal our hearts. And then um, in chapter or continuing on in chapter three, um, in verse uh, 13, it says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things that are ahead. And I think both are true. Both are biblical. I mean, God wants to heal our broken heart uh, and meet us in the pain of our past. But then also, too, he wants us to to forget those things that are behind and press forward to those things that, that, that are ahead. Um, you know, there does come a point where once Christ has met us and comforted us, just like Paul, where it's like, okay— I now count those things loss, and I'm I'm going to move forward. And I think as you go through the process, is always have the forward motion in mind. You know, God wants to to comfort us uh, in regards to the past, so that He can move forward uh, us in the future, and and always keep that that forward mindset. So I would encourage you to spend some time in Philippians chapter three, and also would love to pray for you. Yeah, thank you. I'll I'll. Uh... Yeah. You know, look, I just pulled up to my house, so I'll read that right now and just check it out. Okay, sounds good. Let me pray for you, Andrew. Okay. Father, thanks so much for Andrew, and I just lift him up to you. And Lord, thank you that he's seeking after you. And I do pray that you would meet him in, in the hurt and pain uh, of his past, Lord, and that you would heal his broken heart and comfort him and also allow him to be able to press on and to move forward into the future. And we know you're always a God that's concerned with the present and the future. So would you comfort Andrew and give him wisdom in these things and, and bless him in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Eric. Thank you for your yeah, you bet. For praying for me. Yeah, absolutely. Hope you have a great night. Hey, thanks. You too. Mm, bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send me a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to line three to Tom in Denver. Tom, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing? Good. How are you doing? I'm alive and breathing. I guess that's better right. than some. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Every day's a gift, huh? There you go. Uh, my issue today is uh, how can we live in a world full of lies according to the truth that we're supposed to walk in? I mean, you've got insurance. Insurance is a lack of faith, and you've got to carry it on everything. These are my questions. Okay. You know, I would direct you to Romans 12, um, 1 and 2. I'll go ahead and read it. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 
And don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you can prove what's the good and the acceptable and the perfect will of God. And I I think, you know, the way to not walk in the lives of this world is to make sure we're not conformed to this world, uh, but then we're transformed by the renewing of our mind of constantly being in the Word of God, being a living sacrifice, and then we'll be able to know and prove what's the good and acceptable, perfect will of God. So I think that's that's the best way that we combat the, the lies of, of this world to walk in the truth of God's Word. Yes. Well, wouldn't you, wouldn't you consider um, insurance to be a lack of faith? You know, actually... I don't. I wouldn't uh, consider it to be a lack of faith. You know, I think you could also build a case to say that uh, having insurance is good stewardship and and uh, wisdom in that. I, I live down here in Colorado Springs, uh, and several years ago we had two huge forest fires that. Uh, invaded the city, one on the west and the other on the the, the east, and you know people having. Uh, uh, insurance on their homes uh, was wise and really, really uh, um, paid out. So I think that whether you have insurance or not, you still have to trust the Lord. You know, if if you have insurance, uh, you're not necessarily trusting in that policy. You're you're, you're trusting in the Lord. Um, you know, so I don't see having insurance being um, a, a lack of faith. Yeah, well, I'm just talking about they they've made it a law that you have to carry insurance on certain things. Oh, okay. This would be yeah. against my faith and against my better judgment. So you're speaking more because it's mandated by the law. Correct. By the government. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, those are things that each, each believer has to, to sort out and to to see how the Lord is, is convicting uh, their heart, you know. Uh, again, for me personally, you know, I— uh, the the government mandating insurance doesn't cause me to violate anything in scripture you know if the government was telling me to deny the gospel or deny Christ or you know stand for something i don't believe in but but each christian's got to sort that out for themselves so yeah yeah well, i appreciate your call tom well i thank you for hearing me out yeah you bet have a great night you too thank you god bless uh-huh god bless you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. Let's go to Carl on line two in Golden. Carl, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Eric. How you doing? Good. So my question is over Revelation 19. So my church recently... We had a sermon series, and then they ended it on Revelation. They they took one day to, to teach on Revelation, and that the scripture that he focused on to get the theme of Revelation of was Revelation 19. Um, and the way they interpreted it, though, was a very he, he he didn't see that Revelation 19 of Jesus on the white horse coming down, and um, you know taking away the Antichrist and the false prophet mm-hmm. as uh, as a literal battle. He saw it as allegorical, and I come okay. from. I, I have more of a literal interpretation from you know Bible teachers like Chuck Smith and another Calvary. Mm-hmm. I mean, lately on radio, everyone's been preaching on Daniel and Revelation and a lot of time stuff, eschatology and whatnot. Um, right. So, uh, what are some of the implications of? 
So I know one of my pastors that I work under for youth ministry, he has, he's a millennialist with his eschatology. Um, mm-hmm. But what are the other implications? What leads people to have that interpretation of Revelation 19? Yeah, you know, it, to me, I think uh, it's one of those sections that's really clear uh, that it is pointing to a literal second coming of Christ. And so it's a hard text to to stretch to a place of believing that it's that's allegorical. Um, you know, uh, I would totally wholeheartedly agree with what you're saying that it does point to a literal second coming of Christ. So, so I don't even know, you know, what would lead somebody to that place um, to to thinking that Revelation 19 was allegorical. Because because also too we have Zechariah 12 and Zechariah 14 where it says uh, that Jesus will return upon the Mount of Olives. And then you you have the beginning of the book of Acts where Jesus ascended from the the Mount of Olives and the angel said, you know, just as he has gone up, he he will come down. And then Revelation is the the fulfillment of that, Revelation 19 of the second coming of Christ. I mean, there's a lot of things that that people... um, tend to have differing opinions when it comes to end times events, but but usually most people will always agree on a, a literal second coming of Christ um, where he returns because it's just so clear so many different places throughout Scripture. Yeah, and if, so. doesn't uh, Ezekiel, I think it's 38 through 40, that, that description of Ezekiel talking about the battle with Israel and... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I was listening to Raul Reese a lot recently in his his sermons and talking about those those scenes and those prophecies and that. Uh, but I couldn't remember if he said that was the battle that happens before the come the church comes down with Christ, or that's the battle that causes that that's a, that's the scenario of when we do come down to with with, with the Lord. Yeah, it's uh, it is Ezekiel thirty eight through forty. Um, you know, and uh, it talks about these nations being aligned together to come in and uh, attack Israel, and then it shows God's judgment uh, upon those those nations. And so many believe uh, that 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 is what's going to happen uh, prior to the Battle of Armageddon and, and Christ returning and setting setting things uh, straight. There's a little bit more discussion on interpretation of exactly you know when. Uh, all those things are going to take place. It's obviously yet future, um, you know, but in regards to Revelation 19, it's it's just really clear that it's pointing to the second coming of Christ. So I, I hope that's helpful. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But it probably means that he's a millennial as well, if he has a metaphorical interpretation of that. Because do yeah, pre-trib I, and post-trib people see that? that they probably see that still as a, a literal second coming of Christ. Yep, Not pre- absolutely. Uh, post, post and um, yeah. Yep, you you got it right. Pre-trib yeah. and post-trib uh, would still see Revelation 19 as the second coming of Christ, as a literal oh, yeah. second coming of Christ. Yep. I'm, I'm pre-trib. I meant uh, what's during the tribulation. The uh, mid-trib. Yeah. Mid-trib. Mid-trib. Yeah. Yeah. And post-trib. Okay. Okay. All right. Sounds Thank good. You, that, you bet. God bless you, Carl. Uh, you too. Bye. Mm, bye bye. Let's continue with our phone lines. If you'd like to give a call, 303-690-3000, 
or you can send a text 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one to Benny in Colorado Springs. Benny, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor. How are you, sir? Good. How are you doing? Oh, not too bad. Um, I just wanted to give a little testimony and ask for prayer, if I may. Um, yeah, that'd be great. I'm trying to, I have a co-worker. Well, I have a bunch of co-workers I need prayers for, but I have one particular. Um, he's drinking. He's caught up in the worldly ways. And uh, for some reason, I, I sing, I sing um, to the Lord all day um, uh, as I'm working. And so I, I do fellowship that way with the Lord, and I, and I sing praises. So he hears me. And, um, and it's getting underneath the skin, and I don't want to upset him. And, but um, but um, um, he, he throws my tools and does all kinds of weird stuff to me. And I kill, I'm killing him with kindness. I'm doing, going out of my way yeah. to do nice things for him. And today, he bought me lunch. Um, I'm winning hmm. him over uh, by being a little nicer to him, even though he's being so terrible with me. But um, hmm. I just—that's my testimony. Um, just cool. If you have anybody, any coworkers, or anybody that's being mean to you, to kill him with kindness and let hmm. the Lord live through you, and uh, and the Lord will win yeah. him over. And if not, that's um, right. Just keep on being you. That's but, right. Um, yeah. That was my well, that's awesome. And if and, and if yeah. I can, may I get a prayer for him? His name is Greg. And I have uh, some other co-workers, but um, if you could just pray for all them, and if you can um, um, uh, uh, pray for me as well, so I can um, uh, 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 be a good example for them to follow. And yeah, if the you Lord can use me that way, and I w- it would be awesome. Okay, sounds good. Well, let's pray. Father, we thank you for Benny, and Lord, we thank you for uh, softening his co-worker's heart to uh, invite Benny to lunch and treat him to lunch, Lord. And uh, we just pray for a fresh filling of your spirit for Benny could reflect Christ and serve this particular co-worker, Greg, and that Greg would see your goodness and your kindness, that you would call Greg by name just like you did Saul. And Lord, for his other co-workers as well, for the ones that don't know you, that they would come to know you. And Lord, I pray for Benny and pray for all of our listeners that maybe are, are dealing with a difficult person. Lord, that you would help us to not be overcome with evil, but overcome evil with good. And so we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother, and God bless you. And you have a great weekend. You too. God bless you too. Yes, sir. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. Let's continue with our phone lines. Let's go to Annie and Greeley on line three. Annie, welcome to the program. Thank you, Pastor Cartier. How are you? Good. How are you doing? I'm well, thank you. Um, I am actually calling you with a prayer request. I have a sister who passed away this morning, and... um, I'm just real sad to say that she was not a mm. believer, and neither okay. is her family. Um, okay. The kids are all grown and have babies of their own, and, you know, I just, I don't know, as a believer, I don't know how to console them. I don't know how to talk to them, mm. um, mm-hmm. because they don't have the hope that we have, and um, yeah. so, you know, I'm not real sure what I'm asking for. Maybe that the Lord would just show himself to them, and... Mm-hmm. And that, and that they would view it with an open mind instead of a, you know. Yeah. Um, I really don't know, Pastor. Yeah. I guess let's, I just, let's, let's go to I God's throne together. Yeah. 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 I'm sorry for this loss, and you know it is it is beyond words, but it's not beyond the Lord. And let's go to the Lord and and ask that He would uh, comfort you and and then comfort the whole family, and that. Some of your family members would turn to the Lord through this. So, yeah. 
Father, I thank you for Annie and just lift her up as she got the news that her sister passed away today. And uh, Lord, that you would comfort her heart and Lord, the heart of the whole entire family. Um, and Lord, we, we pray that, uh, Lord, specifically, Lord, her sister's children, uh, Lord, and her sister's family, that, that they would look to you and come to know you and not harden their hearts to you, but they would, would see this as a need for, for you in their lives, for, for your forgiveness, your comfort, your peace, only what you can provide. And I pray for Annie that you would give her peace in this as well and give her wisdom uh, and, and just uh, show her how to be able to minister to her family and point her, her family to Jesus. But we come before you right now and just ask, Lord, that uh, you would, would give her your comfort and your peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You bet. God bless you. I'll be praying for you, Annie. God bless you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number is 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. I'm going to go ahead and uh, jump over to some text questions that have come in. Uh, What are the requirements on us as believers that make us acceptable uh, to God? Um, And really the requirement uh, to us in order to be uh, acceptable before God is to trust Christ for salvation, to believe in his finished work uh, upon the cross, his death and resurrection, receiving him as the Lord of our lives. Um, And in Romans chapter 3, it tells us uh, that we all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, uh, being justified freely by his grace through redemption that is in uh, Christ Jesus. And this word justified, it means to be declared righteous. And as soon as we trust Christ for uh, salvation, then he declares us righteous. And so the requirements for us is to believe with our hearts in Christ's death and resurrection, receiving him as the Lord of our life, and then we're accepted by God. In the Gospel of John, it tells us to all that have received him, he's given the right to be the sons of God, the children of God. And so what a blessing that God gives us his grace and forgiveness and acceptance. So another uh, text question uh, that has come in, how are Mary and Elizabeth related if they are from different tribes? And so for the nation of Israel, uh, their lineage was tracked uh, through their fathers. And so Mary and Elizabeth uh, would have been related through their mother's side. And so uh, even though they're listed with different tribes, they had different tribes through their fathers, but were related uh, through their moms. So hopefully that is helpful uh, to you. Uh, another text that has come in says, uh, my name is Beatrice. My prayer for a job and God's clear direction as to what he has for me. So let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for Beatrice and just lift her up to you, God. And Lord, as she needs a job, Lord, we're so dependent upon you for provision and for work. Lord, we just pray that you would provide a job for her, that it would be the right job and provide for her needs, a place that she could be used by you. And so, God, would you give her clear direction? Lord, would you give her encouragement? Would you give her strength that can only come from you? So we lift her up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another uh, text question that has come in, what might you say to those Christians 
who can only see Christmas tradition as pagan worship, refuse a Christmas tree because it's seen as uh, an idol. So, uh, you know, this is a thought that's out there um, that uh, because Constantine took a pagan holiday uh, and pointed it to Christ to celebrate Christ's birth, that we can't uh, celebrate Christmas. Um, you know, my answer would be to that is I think that Jesus really does see our hearts and he, he knows our hearts. And, and when someone has a Christmas tree, uh, you know, we're not uh, bowing down to that Christmas tree. We're not making that Christmas tree uh, an idol. Uh, but we're remembering Christ's birth for us and that ultimately leading to his death and, and resurrection. And so I think that God really does see see our hearts um, and, and doesn't uh, put us in a place of idolatry because we uh, celebrate Christmas. Also, I think there's freedom in Christ for those that, that don't want to celebrate uh, Christmas as well. I mean, uh, that's where the unity in Christ comes in, where we're able to uh, love each other uh, in, in that way. So hopefully that's helpful. It's probably a question you'll come across uh, this uh, Christmas. So you're listening to Calvary Live with Pastor Eric Cartier. The number here is 303-690-3000. If you want to call in with your questions and your prayer requests, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text if you've got your device, your phone, your tablet, 720-336-0897. Stay with us. We're headed to a break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Eric Cartier. Thanks so much for listening and being with me. Our phone lines are open, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text, 720-336-0897. Let's go to Valletta on line two in Denver. Welcome to the program. Oh, hi. How are you doing? Good. How are you today? I'm doing good. I just I just have a, um, a question about... Um, about a verse that I wanted to kind of ask about uh, chapter 4 of Corinthians um, okay okay where I don't understand is um, to let me see if I can find that verse uh, are, are you in 1st Corinthians or 2nd Corinthians the first one okay so um, I'm on the I don't uh, I'm trying to find out what the four mean the chapter four i just wanted to know what that verse is okay the, is there a particular so first corinthians four verse four yeah okay I just, yeah, go, that was just the verse i wanted to find out okay let me go ahead and read it it says for i know of nothing against myself Yet I'm not justified by this, but he who judges me is the Lord. Uh, what the Apostle Paul is saying is he's saying, as far as I know, I'm right with God. There's not anything that I'm hiding from God or trying to walk in willful rebellion against God, but ultimately the Lord is my judge. That, that's really the essence of what he's saying there in that verse. Oh, like, like to pre you know, he's preaching, you mean? Like he's preaching to the... 
the the church of Corinth had had gotten upset with Paul and started to question Paul's leadership and so Paul in his writing first and second Corinthians is is trying to gain their confidence again and so that's in the midst of this discussion and he and he's saying basically guys as far as I know I'm walking in obedience but ultimately the Lord is is my judge the Lord's the one who holds me accountable okay now now on mark Okay, where it says the hour is the unknown. Like, is he talking about from Revelation, or wow, is that? So when Jesus is talking there, he he's talking about uh, the rapture of the church and in, in his uh, second coming, and he's saying the the hour of that, the day, the time, we don't know, and so we need to always constantly be waiting and looking for for Christ to take the church up to be with Him uh, and forever be with the Lord. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the second coming. Yeah, and the rapture of the church. Yep. Okay. All right. Um, yeah. Is there one more that I can do, or? Sure. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Um. No. Okay. There's this one that I don't understand as well, where it says, "Okay, um, okay that's in Mark." And that's signs of the end of the age, or what is, is that, mm-hmm. what, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I'm um, following you. That That's in Mark chapter 13, and it's also in uh, Matthew 24, and Jesus said these, these are some things you're going to see. These are going to be signs that are leading up to, to the end of, of all times, and you know, I live here in Colorado Springs, and, and when I drive to Denver, uh, you know, there's there's signs that say, you know, Denver's 60 miles, and then you get closer, and then it's Denver's 40 miles and 20 miles. And Jesus is saying, you're going to see these things more and more as you get closer to uh, the end of all times. Oh, toward the, okay. So, oh, oh. all right, to... The way so that Jesus... Would put it is like uh, he gave us the analogy of, of birth of, of when a woman gives birth you know the contractions get harder and closer together uh, the the closer it is to the birth of that child and the same way these signs are going to get more intense and closer together leading up to uh, the the second coming of Christ oh is that is that where he's talking about um, that we need to wait until Till the rapture and everything is that—is that what he's talking about? Through the rapture yep, but, and yeah, oh, he sure okay. is. Yeah. Okay. And I need a prayer for my family and for for everybody, okay. I guess. <laughs> All right. Well, let's pray. Let's pray for you. Lord, I thank you for Valetta. Valetta thank you for the, her hunger for the Word and desire to, to know your Word. And Lord, I just lift up her family to you, and you know the specifics of what uh, she's they're going through and her family's going through. Pray that you'd meet their needs and, and give them a love for you and a love for each other. And we, we do lift up uh, all of our families, God, and we, we know that there's a, a real attack against families. And so would you uh, put your hedge of protection around our families? And we love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God, uh, God bless you and you. Have God a bless day. you too. You Bye-bye. too. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live uh, with Pastor Eric Cartier. All of our lines are open. The number is 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000, 
or you can send me a text at 720-336-0897. We've got some texts that have come in. Um, Hello, Pastor. I tried to call in on the air, but I couldn't get through uh, with a conversation without crying. I was let go from my job yesterday, and I was laying in bed last night uh, crying, praying to God. Uh, so we want to lift you up in prayer. I'm so sorry that you you lost your job yesterday and want to pray for uh, God's comfort upon you. Father, we just uh, lift up this individual that lost their job yesterday. And Lord, what a, what a scary feeling, a hard thing to go into work and be be let go. And God, I just pray that you would strengthen them, that you'd give them comfort, peace, and hope and provision, Lord, supernatural provision. Pray you provide a job and just encourage them of where uh, to look, Lord, for work. And so would you bless them and encourage them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another text that has come in, uh, how do I explain away Santa with my five-year-old uh, to glorify uh, Jesus? And so, yeah, this is, I think, something that uh, each uh, parent wrestles uh, through. You know, if you're if you're listening right now with your uh, young child and, and you, you don't want to let it out of the bag, you might want to turn off turn off the radio uh, but uh, you, you just have to pray through this of how to how to handle it with uh, your your five-year-old for, for me personally uh, you know I just I just we chose with all four of our kids uh, to not to not go down that road with Santa so we were just honest with them uh, and uh, but I do have a lot of other families that I know and respect that that do Santa um, uh, with with their kids while still focusing on Jesus so I think God will give you specific direction of how he uh, wants you to, to to handle that so thank you for uh, sending that text question in. We do still have all of our lines open, 303-690-3000, 303-690-3000. Also, you can send a text at 720-336-0897. A text that has come in says, I wanted to ask, does the thousand-year reign point to and rapture of the church? The reason behind that is that there will still be people who are sinful while Jesus reigns with his church, and we know that Satan will sway people again for one last attempt to to overthrow. So the way that I see this in Scripture in the end times, and it's just, just my view, is there's the rapture of the church and then a seven-year period of tribulation that leads to the second coming of Christ where, where he does rule and reign for a thousand years. Uh, we do see that people are still sinful during that thousand-year earthly uh, reign of Christ because at the end of it, Satan is released uh, and some people do uh, follow uh, Satan. And then that leads to the new heaven and uh, the, the new earth. Um, and so it does show us the, the reality of our sinful hearts um, that that even those that are there uh, in, in the perfect environment, some will, will choose to go against Christ. So, so thanks for sending that in. Uh, another text question that comes in, uh, this is, although no longer a practicing Catholic, I was wondering if it's okay to pray for God's mercy um, on someone's soul uh, who has passed away. Uh, so let me answer this in, in twofold, as I think that that one is God really does hear our hearts uh, if we're uh, praying for someone who has passed away. You know that 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 the Lord uh, knows that we're 
processing the depth of, of that loss. And, and then having said that, um, as we pray for God's mercy upon someone's soul who's passed away, it doesn't change their eternal destination. Uh, the Bible's really clear. Um, if, if someone rejects Christ it, throughout the course of their whole entire life, uh, then, then they do have eternal judgment. And if someone has received Christ as their Savior, then, then they are uh, secure in, in, in eternal life. Um, so I think the Lord understands and, and has compassion upon us, uh, but ultimately the, those, those prayers don't change someone's uh, eternal state. So pray the Lord comforts you as you process the, the loss of uh, a loved one. Let's go back to our phone lines. Um, let's go to line two, uh, to Byron in Denver. Byron, welcome to the program. Hello, Pastor Eric. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. Hey, I just have a quick question. You've probably been asked this a million times. Um, so I know that when we die, we go to be with the Lord, right? Correct, yeah. Could you expand on that just a little bit? Um what what state are we going to be in when that happens? I mean, are we going to are we going to know a lot? Are we gonna, I mean, because we're not going to get our new bodies though yet, right? Right, right. It's a good so, question. Um, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so I was just wondering that you know, when you, the, the minute we take our last breath, we go to be with God. But I was just kind of wondering, what is that going to be like? I mean, because you don't get new bodies until after, I don't know, the thousand years. I don't, I don't understand it all, but what, yeah. what, what are we going to be doing, and what's it going to be like when we do die? Yeah. Until we, so, until we get our bodies, our new bodies. Let me share a couple of verses with you, and then my perspective. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, uh, verse 8, tells us... Uh, we are confident, yes, well pleased rather, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So as soon as we take yep. our last breath here, we, we go home to be with the Lord. And then First right. Corinthians 15 makes it clear that we don't receive our glorified bodies uh, until that last trumpet is blown uh, and, and Christ returns and the dead in Christ rise. And that that's also uh, described in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, uh, the rapture of the church. So so what happens, you know, what, what state are we in uh, between uh, when we die until uh, the, the rapture of, of, of the church? And one of the possibilities is, is in heaven, I think time's going to be completely different. Um, we know yeah. that P Peter gives us a, an illustration of this. It's not a mathematical formula, but a, a thousand years to us is, is as a day un, uh, unto the Lord. Um, and so, you know, we may be waiting a, a few moments for our glorified body. I, you know, there's potentially we our spirit could be there, but but we haven't received our body. Or uh, eternity might m be much more of an eternal now. You know, t time may be completely different than we experience it here. Um, so it's a great question that we have on this side of eternity that I think yeah. will be made clear on that side. Um, and my hunch is that, that we we either won't be waiting very long or time will be completely irre irrelevant uh, because it'll much more like be of a now existence than a past, present, future type of thing. Yeah. So we may not 
really, I mean, it's not going to be like a black and like, it'd be, so we're not going to like. No. Okay, so we, we should know what's going on the entire time. Right. Probably. Yeah, I, I Probably. think, I think, I think we can say with certainty, yeah, that, that it's not some kind of soul sleep, you know, or, or some kind of black existence. I think our last breath here on earth is we're, we're going to wake up to behold the Lord and, and, and see, see the Lord. Um, and so, yeah, it's a great yeah. question. So I, 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 I know too that like, you, when you when you take your last breath, it's possible that you may run into loved ones, right? Because I've heard and I've seen actually myself that you know, like people are like waving and talking right when they're dying. Is that yeah some, a, some sort of a sign that they're seeing like the loved one? As they're yeah. dying, and, and their loved one is welcoming them, you know, welcoming them in, or yeah, it's it's really hard to know what people are seeing yeah. in those moments, but but we know that God's gracious, right? You know, and right. and like, do you have kids? Do you have children? I do, and you know, you remember the moment your kids are born. And it's so special, right? You know, it's like, man, yeah. God, God's really there, and you just feel Him, you know, kind of welcoming these kids into the world, and and so yeah. I think as we die, the Lord is, we know the Lord's with us, you know, and and I think God is is comforting and preparing, and and He says, "Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of the saints." So He's like welcoming home His son or His daughter, and I think He could be. Uh, uh, giving you know some uh, a special vision or encouragement uh, of heaven or of a family member you know and so I, I definitely think God meets people especially believers uh, in, in those moments of death and gives them encouragement right. as they're passing from this life into eternal life. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, I guess some of it's going to continue to be a mystery until we get there. But uh, well, yeah. thank you for for uh, filling that in a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, it is really comforting, Byron, to know, just to think about that, that as scary as death is, that God's going to be there with us and is going to take us safely to the to the other side. And right. So, right. yeah. Okay. Well, God bless you. Thank you very much. Uh, you bet. So, take care. Let's go to line three to Tim. Tim, welcome to the program. Tim, are you there? You there? Yep, you bet. Um, yes, I, I just wanted to uh, let all all the listeners out there that God is still in the business of healing, and uh, uh, it's just a giant praise report. I, I watched God's hand and everything that happened. My buddy had a heart attack, um, and the uh, the Christian community came together. The body hmm. came together and uh, helped take care of his seven kids and uh, made sure his wife had nothing to worry about. Um, and he he went under for almost a week now, and he woke up today. Oh, wow. Praise God. And they were worried about brain activity and all that hmm. kind of stuff. So he's, he's, he's alive, and he acknowledged everything and all that good stuff. So. Cool. Praise, well, let's praise, praise the Lord. Let's, 
Yeah, let's pray together and give God thanks. That's awesome. So, yes. Father, we just thank you for this praise report, and we thank you that you do heal for your glory. And yes, Lord, thank you for uh, allowing this this man to to come back after this heart attack and to wake up out of this coma. And Lord, yes, thank you for the healing that you've given to him, and what what a gift that is uh, to him and to his family and to his friends. And we just pray that you would be really glorified in this. And uh, we thank you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, Tim. Thanks for calling and sharing that. God bless you. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Let's go to line one to Michael. Michael, welcome to the program. Hello. How are you doing, Pastor Eric? Good. How are you today? Good. So yes. I had a question about the movie The Shack. Okay. Someone uh, told me to watch it, and I watched it, and I enjoyed it, and um, I got a lot of um, uplifting Christian value out of it, and... I talked to another friend about the movie, and they said that it's loaded with heresies and never to watch it again, and gave me all these warnings. And I was wondering what your take on that was. Yeah, that's a it's a good uh, question. You know, I personally haven't watched it, so you know I can't speak for it. Uh, you know, with a lot of authority, I, I haven't seen it. I I haven't read uh, the book. Um, you know, and I've kind of heard both things that you're you're describing you know i i've talked to some that were really blessed by it and then others you know that that pointed out the the heresies that are 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 there um uh, in the book and so you know i would just encourage you to anytime it's whether it's a movie or or a book is always to take it back to scripture you know and and does it does it line up uh, with scripture um and, and to really be able to take the meat and and spit out the bones um and so that that would kind of be my encouragement of to do with that movie and all all movies that and books that that come across our path well the one thing i noticed is um i took a lot of it as um joy and and um you know it took a lot of the hardness of my heart and and converted it to joy and, and happiness and it cleared my um cleared up my eyes on the things that I was, uh, how I was judging people and how I was treating people to really see what I was doing in my life. So I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, you can take uh, things that God spoke to your heart that lead you to to Christ and, and, and lead to the fruit of your spirit uh, in, in your life and then, and then hold on to that. And you, know, you never want to, you know, take your view of God uh, based from a movie. You always want to take your view of God based on scripture, you know, and I think where sometimes we get it flipped as believers is, is, is we uh, have a movie or a book form our theology or view of God over our uh, theology being formed of God through scripture. So as long as you always uh, hold your view of God based on the Bible, the scripture, you're going to be in a, in a good place. Of course, yeah. And so, that, that's my, yeah. I never, you know, I always think of God as someone entirely different of this whole world. So, you know, yeah, it has nothing to do with a movie or a book or anything. It's beyond that, you know. Right, yeah. So, well, it's a, that's, it's that a great question. question. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. Thanks for answering it. Have a good day. Yeah, you bet. You too. Bye-bye. I'm going to jump over and take some texts that have uh, come in. 
The number here is 303-690-3000, or you can send a text at 720-336-0897. This is one of my favorite questions that I get. Thank you for texting this in. Where's a good spot to start reading the Bible uh, for a new believer? Oh man, this is uh, such a wonderful question. I think the Gospel of Mark is a great uh, book to first read. Um, And if you go to the front of your Bible, there'll be a table of contents with all the different books of the Bible. And there you'll be able to see the page number for the Gospel of Mark. And then Mark's a great place uh, to start. And then after you read Mark, I would read John uh, and, and read all of the Gospels and then continue with the New Testament. It also really helps before you read God's Word to pray and ask God to to show you the word and help you understand it and apply it and to send his Holy Spirit to lead and and guide you in truth. So thanks for sending in that uh, question. Another text that has come in is, how are we as Christians supposed to live in peace and humility with someone who chooses to hold bitterness towards us for past sins after confession, and being held accountable for poor choices in the past. Is there a proper approach to reconciliation regardless of their hard hearts uh, toward uh, the situation? Um, I think of Romans chapter 12. I think Romans 12 gives us uh, some really good wisdom uh, on this. Um, I'll read in verse 17 down to the end of the chapter. It says, Repay no one evil for evil. Have regard for good things in the sight of all men. If it's possible, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. Beloved, do not avenge yourself, but rather give place to wrath, for it is written, Vengeance is mine, I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy's hungry, feed him. If he's thirsty, give him a drink, for in doing so you will heap up coals of fire on his head. Do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil uh, with good. And that key verse is, is, if it's possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. And so if you've asked for forgiveness, if you have sought repentance in your life to to change uh, the way that you behaved that ca- caused hurt, uh, then, then ultimately uh, it's it's on that other person to, to forgive and live in peace with you. And so we can't force reconciliation. It takes two people for reconciliation. We can do our part to to confess, to apologize, to, to make right for the wrongs that we've done. But that's why that verse says, as much as depends upon you, live peaceably with all men. And if you if you have peace with the Lord that you've done everything uh, to be at peace with this person, then ultimately you have to forgive them and allow uh, time for the Lord to soften their heart. And so uh, let me pray for this. Lord, I just uh, lift up this person who sent in the text, God, and uh, Lord, as someone's holding uh, things against them for their past, and I do pray for reconciliation. Um, Lord, would you give wisdom? Would you give peace? And would there be softening of hearts and a reuniting of this uh, relationship? In Jesus' name, amen. Hello, Pastor. This is a text that has come in. I'd like to request prayer for my stepfather. He was bucked off a horse a week ago and is still in ICU with six broken ribs and a punctured lung. He's gradually recovering, but in a lot of pain. Yeah, let's do that. Father, uh, we just lift up uh, David to you, his his stepfather, who's been in this accident with the horse, God, and is still in ICU. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you care for us. And Lord, we pray for his complete healing, Lord, that you would touch and heal his body and this punctured lung and these broken ribs and all of the other 
physical ramifications. Thank you for your presence that you're with us and you never leave us or forsake us. Would you give the doctors wisdom and give them understanding? And we do pray for a full recovery. In Jesus' name, amen. And I continue on here with some text that has come in. It says, thank you so much for your service. I thank God from the bottom of my heart for bringing me back to him after a long rebellion. I need a prayer to stay steadfast on the word of God and to get more understanding and insight to do the will of God. Uh, absolutely. Lord, I thank you for Amethyst and thank you for bringing her uh, back to you. And we thank you for your unconditional love, your steadfast mercy in our lives, Lord. And as she has this prayer to stay steadfast in your word and to get more insight and understanding of your will, Lord, this is a prayer that's according to your character and nature. So Lord, we know that you're going to answer and that you're going to be gracious. So would you uh, give her just an undying love for your word and an ability to understand it? Would you pour out out your joy into her heart and really use her life for, for your glory. We we pray her life we be protected and blessed by you. And we thank you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Another uh, text question that has come in, just wondering why at the end of the church service no longer is the priestly blessing giving over the congregation in such stressing times, the church body uh, needs to be strengthened. Is this something that could be reinstated? Yeah, what's being referred to here is out of the book of Numbers, uh, where the priests would pray over God's people, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you, the Lord cause his face uh, to shine upon you and give you peace. And I think that's a good thing for pastors to consider. Uh, you know, I know I don't do that uh, every week, and that's something I need, I need to pray about is, is looking at uh, praying God's blessing and speaking that blessing over uh, God's uh, people uh, more. I think that would be a, a great way to end today's show. Uh, Lord, we do thank you for your blessing, and Lord, we pray your blessing upon your people. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you and, and give you peace. And Lord, I pray for everyone listening today that they would have the experience of you shining down upon them and you giving them peace. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, gang, thanks for listening. Pray that God blesses your weekend and we'll be back with you next week. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.